coming to you from the U.S. and streaming all over the world. This is Shotgun Sports USA. Get accurate, reliable information in every single episode. With interviews from the best shooters in the game, the best gun clubs across the globe, and industry-leading companies that revolutionize the sport. Find us online at ShotgunSportsUSA.com. Shotgun Sports USA is driven by Beretta, the number one choice of champions. Also brought to you by Cole Gunsmithing, Rick Hemingway's Promatic Trap Sales, Castellani USA, and Ultimate Shooting Accessories, Sound Gear Phantom, Clay Target Vision, and Clay Shooter Supply. Welcome to the show. Better with Beretta. Pro tips from the number one choice of champions. Hi, I'm Desiree Admins, professional sporting clay shooter with Team Beretta. One of my favorite Beretta memories. 2017, we were shooting the World Fee Task in Hungary. And Beretta was one of the title sponsors for that World Fee Task. And they set up a Beretta layout. Epic. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. There were these giant Russian comm towers, okay? Huge towers up there. And they put these huge, it was when we were um, advertising for the black blackout editions on all of our premium guns and the, and the 690 series. And they did these huge posters on these Russian comm towers. So just the aesthetics of it looked, looked really cool. It was kind of intimidating. And they put um, traps on the tops of these Russian comm towers. The targets were absolutely insane. Coolest FITAS layout I've ever shot in my life. Bar none, uh, unforgettable. Great targets, huge giant tower shots, long. I mean, we're talking, I think one of them was maybe 80 yards, like an 80 yard crosser off there. And I was shooting with a good buddy of ours uh, who lives in Hungary, his name's Andras. And uh, I was following him on that round, standing behind him, watching him shoot that. He shot a 25 straight on that Beretta layout. And just in my mind, I'll never forget those posters, those targets. That was probably one of my coolest Beretta moments. And very proud to be a Beretta shooter and, and represent the company because they, they did a big one there. My guest today has grown up around the sport. He started shooting at an early age and figured out quickly that this is something he always wanted to be involved with. He was on the Junior PSCA Tour on the Super Squad last year at Nationals and now trying his hand in police. Find out all about him, his family, his career path, and his thoughts on the sport. Please welcome to the show, Clay Robertson. Clay, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. This is a first for you. Yeah, it is. But I'm I'm sure that you will have a lot to talk about, considering the family you grew up in. Oh yeah, no, it's been it's been a great experience growing up with you know under my dad and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm blessed to have it. So we all know your name. Tell us where you're from, what you do, and how old you are. I'm from Dallas, Texas, originally. 
I'm 22, and currently I'm in gunsmithing school at Murray State College. You don't hear that a lot. Murray State College and gunsmithing school. So tell me a little bit about that. I, I kind of fell into Murray State by accident. Um, I decided on gunsmithing as a career choice, mainly so that I could, um, you know, when I was looking at what I wanted to do, I wanted to find something that would ensure me to be able to, you know, continue the lifestyle I'm living now, which is shooting and guns and hunting and and it's the best thing I could come up with and so right before I was looking at schools I I was looking at Trinidad and Trinidad is, is a pretty good school if you like you know bolt action rifles and 1911s but uh, we ran into somebody and found out Murray State is only an hour from our ranch here in Oklahoma so um, it's it's a good experience and I really enjoy it. So what does that consist of gunsmithing school? I know there's not a lot of people out there anymore. I don't think that are into gunsmithing. There's some, but not a lot. And they're, and they're mostly old folks. If I could, if I'm recalling correctly, I don't see about a bunch of young people doing this. Is that right? Yeah, not at all. Even so to that point, um, a lot of the young kids still in it, going into a, a bath pro or a, or a shield and being a quote unquote gunsmith, but, as far as that entails is you're you know mounting scopes and bore siding and and the basic stuff you know that people don't realize the kind of money that can be made in fine guns and shotguns that's obviously the avenue that i'm looking at taking so talk about that for a second because if anybody's young listening to this how would they get involved with gunsmithing kind of like what you're doing anybody listening to this is probably a sporting clay shooter or or a, a clay target shooter in general and would be pleased to hear that we actually have a shooting team uh that i so I, i've captained the shooting team for the past two years and uh, i'm gonna be going back here in the fall to receive my bachelor's degree in custom gun making which is uh gonna be pretty awesome but when it when it comes to the gunsmithing courses uh you we we pretty much go over firearms repair and then we have shotgun smithing pistol smithing rifle smithing uh, you can take classes on uh, reloading, advanced reloading, um, bench metal. Uh, bench metal consists of, um, you know, learning how to TIG weld, learning the different types of alloys, metals, you know, what, what guns are made out of, what's the best metals to make guns with. Uh, we go into stock making, so you build a, with our, with our barreled action uh, that we build, I, my class, we got to do Park West uh dakota 76s and then you go into stock making after rifle smithing you build a a wood stock a, a traditional american style wood stock for that barreled action so that was probably my favorite class to be honest it the woodworking was interesting learning about the different types of woods especially being in shotgunning uh you know our wood is very important to us so that was uh Definitely interesting to learn a lot more about that process and how that goes down. But um, and then you go into pistol smithing. I I just finished up building uh, a custom 1911 um, for for pistol smithing. Um, and then uh, repair. We go into repair too, which is uh, definitely very interesting. Just you go very in depth on a lot of different types of guns, a lot of shotguns and. Uh, learn how they work, normal issues that that happen with those specific guns, and how to fix those, and 
So that was something I was interested in as well. So if if, a, if someone don't know anything about this stuff, can you learn it from knowing nothing or do you need to know some something about it? I I would say that you need a basic knowledge. Um, yeah. I was, you know, I'm fortunate that this is my life uh, and, and I shoot guns every day. I, right before this, I was on the police range practicing. You know, it's a it's a daily thing for me and I'm always consumed by it. So it was a little bit easier for me, but there are, there were a lot of kids in my class that, you know, they, they become interested in guns because they play call of duty, you know, and that's not really <laughs> the, the background you need. A couple of them were, were able to pull it together and figure it out. But a lot of them, they, they really struggled because it's gunsmithing is a lot harder than, than you would think. It's, it's not, as easy as putting guns together you know there's a lot of tools there's a lot of there's a lot of issues you know everything about a gun works together they're they're all timed together especially 1911 everything has to work in in sync and it it uh it takes a a steady hand i guess you could say yeah you if you really think about it all the moving parts inside of a gun that have to work perfectly for it to work perfectly you know oh yeah yeah especially on these shot you know these shotguns you know like a Craig off, you've never seen something more complicated than a Craig off. It's like a, like a Swiss watt. And I, I've, I've heard that from, from, some really, you know, Norbert was so kind enough. Um, I was a couple weeks ago, I was uh, in Houston shooting or, or Marble Falls shooting. And I was really struggling with my 1911 kind of getting into crunch time on due dates. And Norbert was there and, and was just so kind enough to, give me some pointers and to be honest with you i learned more from him in 10 minutes of talking to him than i have my entire career at school you know the the, the school's amazing and you're gonna learn everything you need but you're never gonna learn it all you know like you said that gunsmithing's a dying breed and the best of the best are getting old and if you want that that first class knowledge that those guys have that's that's how you're going to have to get it now does murray state you have a shooting team do they have any sort of scholarships uh we have a lot of scholarship money actually um and we're currently looking to give it away so um Hmm. we 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 are uh we're working really closely with you know robbie and john Dulahari are are working really closely with us to push uh, recruiting and and help get the word out that we have this scholarship money. So what does that entail? How does someone how take advantage of this? Uh, the, the best thing to do would be to reach out. Um, we are, we are starting to get to a point where we need to, you know, hold tryouts and, and really find competitive shooters. If we want to be competitive, um, we, we did struggle the past two years just because it was new to everybody. Um, a lot of kids on our shooting team, it was the first time that they have been on a trap or a ski or a sporting clays range. So, but, but it was also a great experience getting to teach those kids. And so that's, that's always something that I look forward to, but uh, we do want to be competitive. And the, the best way to become a part of the Murray State team is, is to reach out to me or my dad is head coaching now. Uh, he's going to head coach the shooting team and uh, reach out to him if you can get in contact with him. I'm surprised Scott's got time to do anything like that. He he doesn't, but he uh, <laughs> he enjoys it. So you've been around this sport probably since the time you could walk, maybe before that. I, I'm sure. What's your earliest memory that uh, 
is related to clay shooting? I got I got a lot of them. Uh, the I would probably say my my most favorite memory because I I still do it is uh, when I was when I was real. You know, I'm I've always been a, a bike kid. I I grew up racing motocross. Motocross is actually my dream. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that my dad was scared to death of injuries, I I would probably be bent up in a hospital or somewhere. But um, I used to ride my bike all over the national shooting complex when I was little and every year they would take my bike away. <laughs> so I would go, you know, uh, I don't, I don't remember currently. I think they fixed them, but all those trees in front of vendors row, the roots would bust up through the uh, asphalt mm-hmm. and create like little ramps um, in, in the asphalt. And I would, just go as fast as I could on my bike down Vendor's Row and try to jump these cracks in the asphalt. And every year they would confiscate my bike until the end of the end of the shoot, and I'd I'd just be so mad. <laughs> How long ago was that? I had been six six or seven. I I shot my first competition when I was seven years old. So before then, yeah. Wow. What is your most memorable moment so far as a shooter? Probably. Uh, the the 2017 PSCA final uh, at Big Cedar Lodge, which, in my opinion, was one of the greatest shoots I've been to ever. Just the atmosphere that it was so prestigious. It it was uh it was special, right? We're the only ones there for one purpose was to shoot for the PSCA and and then to go over to the the, the Big Cedar Lodge. Uh, you know the golf course and how beautiful it was just a special special opportunity but I got to call I qualified top 16 in the open category there at the at the final PSCA ever actually now where's Big Cedar Lodge it's in Branson Missouri okay I was at that one yeah everybody there was shooting just PSCA and yeah and it, it was awesome yeah that was that was a really fun uh weekend there shooting that and that's, you know, that brings me to ask you this question, being on the junior PSCA and, and doing fairly well, how important was the PSCA to a youth shooter and what did it do to increase their involvement in the sport? Well, for me, the PSCA was honestly everything I dreamed of. You know, I, I grew up obviously in the industry and look, looking up to my dad, you know, I, I always understood that there was pro shooters or that you could be a pro shooter but it wasn't really until the PSCA came along that it was like a reality you know you everybody could call themselves a pro shooter but who really were the pros and the PSCA really set that apart uh and I I think you know I listened to to my dad's podcast with you um I actually listened to it a couple times because there was some information in there that I had never heard either yeah but, um, you know, and he talked about making heroes. And I think that really brought people in because it, it gave that prestigious element to the sport. And I, to this day, I think we're missing that. That was a, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like Scott said it. Perfect heroes. You created heroes. I mean, there was, you know, you saw these people on TV and you saw them on social media and YouTube, and then you get this, you get to see them at the shoot. And they're like, wow, that's that guy that I saw on TV. You know, that yeah. was that was the step in creating 
I guess, characters, so to speak, for our sport that people could look up to. And then all of a sudden it's gone, which, uh, you know, I wish it was back, but maybe one day we'll, we'll get it back. And, and you keep talking about your dad, your dad, for those listening, if you don't know, is Scott Robertson and a, just a legend in the sport. He's been around since it's began and has been very inf- influential and on a lot that's happened, I guess, in the sport. He owns gun clubs. What Elm Fork, is that what it is? Yes, sir. Elm Fork. Yeah. yeah. Hosted the PSCA. He's a team USA member several times. Same with all American winning nearly everything you can win, I think. But growing up around him and as his son, considering his involvement in sporting clays, how much influence did that have on you being who you are today? It's, it's everything. I mean, uh, uh, I I hear it all the time. Me and my dad are like the same person. Uh, yeah. I, I I actually had somebody uh, recently at a flyer shoot. They took a picture of me and my dad leaning on a fence because we looked exactly the same from the backside, and you know we're just the way we were standing. But just you know when I when I was when I was a little younger, I kind of took advantage of it, uh, not in the sense of of you know what to what he could offer but i wasn't interested in it like i am today it, you know i when you when you're around something all the time you just kind of like overlook it you know i i looked forward to going to shooting tournaments more to like be friends and ride my bike and you know get to travel in the rv everywhere and you know get to skip school is more in in that sense than it was you know going to the tournament for the purpose of shooting I, it was more of a a vacation to me growing up and then uh, really what what really brought me into it, to it fully was the psca you shot your first competition when you were seven is what you said and how old were mm-hmm. you when you started psca early teenager 12 or 13 i yeah. actually uh me and halen hanks uh love her to death we shot at lawrence berry's in I can't remember the year, but we were 11 to 13, whatever that first year would have been. I think I was 12 and she was 11 and we shot on our first squad together. How did that and go? <laughs> we didn't do very good. We shot, uh, I think at the time it was still out of 120. I think we, he actually beat me. I think I shot like a 30 and she shot like a 36. I mean, it was that hard. And, I was I was still a little kid, but I was better than fifty percent on the regular sporting place course. Right, and two to thirty was uh, pretty tough. You and I remember at uh, we're talking about Branson, Missouri, a minute ago. Your younger brother, what's his name? Owen. Owen. Yeah, I remember watching him. How old is he now? He is nineteen now. Yeah. Okay, so he was little. I mean, that was several years ago. And I remember watching oh, yeah. him going, man, this kid can shoot right here. Is he still shooting at all? To be honest with you, Owen's better than me and my dad put together. If 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 he would put his mind into it, he's got all the talent in the world. But he's uh, Owen's a businessman. He's he's he shoots he shoots for the business aspect, the social aspect. He he yeah. doesn't quite take it as seriously as we do. But if, if he did, he would beat us all. I remember back then he was. He barely reached over the the shooting, uh, you know, the platforms. You get in the little the bar right there, and it was. I was thinking, man, this kid can shoot. 
So that's, that's cool to hear that for sure. So what all of you won? I know you've won a lot up to this point. What, what, what's, what's some of your accomplishments? Uh, when, I, when I was a sub junior, I won just about everything I could win. Um, and then coming up as, as a sub junior, when I was about 14, and this is when I, I started taking the PSCA seriously and, and wanted to do that, I started realizing that I had, you know, I was putting up scores in the master class. I was, I was in master class, I think, by 14. And I think I punched in the master class when I was 14. And started, I think the, I, I won the Oklahoma State five stand at 14 years old. And oh. which was a which was a big shoot at the time because we had a PSCA event here, so it wasn't like just a normal normal Oklahoma State. There was you know obviously all the best in the world are are here at the Oklahoma State shoot, and I, I ended up winning the five stand. Um, and that's when I honestly kind of quit looking at at uh, my my wins and started chasing overall wins, and so. Um, I haven't won any majors, but I placed third last year at, at the, or in 2021, I placed third overall at the Southeast regional. I won master first at the Western regional. Um, but after the PSEA, I, I quit shooting sporting clays, uh, up until this point, actually, I haven't really taken it seriously. Wow. I, I started shooting Halise and. You know, as much as I love sporting clays, it it's not worth the money. You you know, I I went to the regional, the South twenty twenty one Southeast Regional placed third overall. When I got home, I played all my options and everything. All said and done, I made one hundred and sixteen dollars. You know, it, it's it's had I not done that, think about the the five hundred other people that went home with zero. That's a, that's a fun four thousand dollar weekend. Yeah. So you're shooting Halise. Is the money better in Halise? I went to the Lone Star Open yesterday. Actually, I was at the Dallas Gun Club for the Lone Star Open Halise shoot. It was really the first uh, Halise shoot of the season. Um, I wasn't able to be there all three days. I actually only shot the Sunday rotation. Shot thirty straight, and I net a little over seven thousand in one day wow and that's not including what i made buyers had i bought myself in the calcutta it would have been a little over fourteen thousand, so almost 15 grand in a day kind of hard to beat yeah so how perfect do you have to be to shoot halise and win money like that you you got to be perfect um there is one problem that we're running into in halise is that they went away from the slide um are you going to explain that slide slide meaning um so you shoot at 29 yards okay. and currently you stay there the whole time in box birds traditionally you would every five you run you slide back a yard so by the end of you know your 30 birds when you get to your to your sixth ring you're you know six yards farther back than you were when you started so the better you do the harder it is it's kind of like a handicap system right. if you will yeah um, and one of the problems that we kind of run into is is you don't have that that handicap, right? So you're always up up front, and 
I think that has kind of made the game a little easier. And uh, but I, I think the slide's going to come back. A lot of people realize that the slide is necessary to to even out the field. Um, but yeah, it it takes a thirty almost any day to win. Um, you got to be perfect all the time. So I'm sure you're not the only perfect one there that day. How many people uh, shoot I, straight like that? I tied with one other kid. Um, so two thirties, there was probably eight twenty nines and maybe 10 plus 28s. So, okay. It, it, it takes a, it takes a good score to, to come out on top in Halise. So when did you start shooting Halise exactly? I started, I mean, I've, I've shot Halise a lot over the years. Uh, we okay. used to have Halise way back when at, at Elm Fork before it was popular. Um, so I've always, I've always shot Halise, but I didn't take Halise seriously until probably, probably 2021. So right after I, I finished that season, um, you know, I, I went to quite a few of the regionals in 2021. I was going to try to get back into it fully and be competitive. And um, on little to no practice, I th- I think I did pretty well. But by the end of the season, I realized how much money I had spent and how much money I hadn't won, even with how good I had been shooting or, you know, relatively decent enough to get some return. And it, it just wasn't cutting it for me so i went to a halise shoot um a small one 50 people i mean we're we're talking one rotation at a sporting place shoot worth of people mm-hmm. and i think i ended up i i won a couple thousand dollars and i was like i'm not shooting sporting place anymore like it, it's not even worth it so 2021 was when i started how does 50 people pay out i mean i've got an idea but i just want to hear what you have to say how does 50 people pay out to win money like that yeah so so it's uh calcutta is what brings in the money okay um but the options are better right so the options actually pay back whereas the nsca you play a ten dollar option well and and mandatory options there's a lot of shoots a lot of elite shoots require you to play options so if you want to shoot, you have to play the options, which means that everybody is entered. Right. And so you're going to obviously get more money that way. Whereas in, in sporting clays, if you have 200 people in master class, well, 150 of those people know they can't win. So why the heck would they pay the option money? So in reality, you're shooting against 50 people for the option money. What's the option money like at the shoot you were talking about? For Halise, um, so in Halise too, there's it also breaks down a lot better. Um, so, for example, on the thirty I shot, I won money on the three ten. So it's broken into three tens, the two fifteens, the thirty overall, and then you have the long run from the back and the long run from the front. Right. So, whoever runs the most straight from their first bird wins that pot and whoever runs the most straight from the back. Right. So if I, if I miss my first bird out and run 29, 
as long as nobody shoots a 20 or shoots a 30, I'm, I'm going to win the long run from the back. Right. And that's, that's money. If I shoot my first 10 straight and nobody else does, there's money there. Uh, you know, your middle 10, your back 10, and then 15s, right? So it's broken up into two cranks of 15. You shoot 15 and then 15 again. So the money's really, really kind of scattered all over the place. And if you really shoot well, you can collect it all. You know, I like to compare it to horse racing, actually. It, it, uh, especially the way that the Calcuttas work, because in the Calcuttas, you're, you're bidding on shooters. You're, you're betting on who you think the best guy is that weekend. And that's where, the real money comes from is is you know it's kind of like a like an auction for horses rather than you know you going up to the to the cashier and, and betting on the individual horse it's an auction so whoever bids on say you come in and and you really want to buy me and you buy me first off the board you own me nobody else can bet on me so you actually can win money off of me if you which which is great because it brings in people who don't think that they necessarily can win but they think you have a pretty good chance and so they bet some money on you and you actually can win them some money right so yeah. you don't even you don't even have to shoot to win money at a Halise shoot interesting and you know you I'm hearing a lot more about Halise and I don't know if it's because Cherokee Rose right up the street from me has a Halise ring, but you hear a lot more about it. Yeah, it, it is starting to grow. I, I've I've been pushing it a lot, uh, especially on new shooters, because you're just wasting your time. If 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 pickle dishes is what you want, have fun, <laughs> you know, at the at the NSCA. But if you're here to you know make something of it and you know, I've made a pretty decent living off of it in the past two years, you know, and you can't do that in sporting clays anymore unless you're, unless you're signing contracts, you're, you're not making a living doing it. Yeah. So, all right. So that brings up a good topic. So your thoughts as a young guy on the NSCA, do you feel they're doing what they need to be doing to grow and retain today's youth or any, any shooters, or do you think they could do better? And I think I know your answer. I, I don't think they are. I, I think they're milking it for for what it is. Um, I I hate to see it because sporting clays is my passion. I love sporting clays, and I if if you could win the money that you can at a sporting clays shoot, I'd be there every weekend. But you can't, and it, it all kind of comes back to to the management. You know, they're 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 not they're not giving back. They're not giving back what they should you know like we were talking about the option money you know you pay a ten dollar option but you're you're only getting a percentage of it or, or you pay your entry fee you're paying uh like for example i think it's like a hundred hundred and ten dollars or something to like shoot the k cup at nationals mm -hmm. well where's all that money going because it's only paying out like five hundred dollars well if five hundred people are are putting in you know, $110 to shoot the K cup. Where's all that money going? You know, it, it's obviously not going back to the shooters. So I, I think they're just milking it for what they can get out of it. You know, 
I mean, I understand where you're coming from. For, uh, I get it. A lot of people think that think the same thing. You know, I don't know what the expenses are in putting on a shoot, but I understand where you're coming from because I hear it a lot. Yeah, my my you know my dad's podcast, as you know, is a great place to go and get get the real information. I'm the same way. I I'm not good about the numbers, but I know that what what's going on isn't right. Um, it's it's why I I can't find the motivation to go to shoot because I I'm tired of donating. So last year, I know you were on the Super Squad, um, at Nationals. Are you going to go back this year? Are you you're not going to Nationals? What what's the deal? Um, I'm I'm going to go to Nationals. I, we go to Nationals every year. Yeah, you um, as a family, right? All of you. Yeah, because we still love it. You know, it's our game. It's it's what we know. Yeah. It's, obviously, my dad was the best to ever do it for 30 years. Um, so even for him, he, he goes every year just because he loves to be there. He's never missed a nationals ever. Uh, and so nationals is definitely one we go to. We went to Texas state a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm, I'm going to shoot the Texas state fee task here in a couple weeks. Um, so I, I still enjoy it. And I, I, I wish that I, I could find the motivation to keep doing it. And if if the PSCA ever comes back or something of that caliber, then I'm all on board. But the, the super squad just ain't it. What did you think about it? I mean, just I asked everybody that was on the super squad what they thought about it. Did you like it better than just a regular rotation? I did. I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, it brought a little bit of that back. It kind of made me feel like there was some element to the PSCA, but at the same time, a lot of people don't know this. this that's not the first time they've done the super squad. Right. And in 96, they, they did the super squad and it, it obviously didn't work or they would have kept doing it. You know, yeah. yeah. It, I, I feel like it's a quick attempt at, at bringing that pro status back in. Right. It's not now th- there is other elements to it that I, that I do really like, which is, you know, we, we do have an integrity issue in this sport and which anybody who knows my dad knows that that's all we're about. That is, that is a big issue that, that is, is it's even still an issue at the high level. It is good to help eliminate that. Um, the weather issue is always an issue. It's, it's not something we're ever going to get rid of for those of us who went to Texas state. We, we experienced that yet again. You know, there's a reason that we, we designed a, a main event course so that things like that don't happen as a high level shooter. It was awesome. It was, it was great to have all of the best guys on one rotation. Um, it was, it was nice to know that the guy to your left and to your right are just as capable as anybody at hitting this pair. You know, it's, it's really hard. And I, I don't mean this offensively, but when you get squatted with, you know, a couple of people that don't quite know what's going on or, or aren't the best shooters, it's, it's really hard to stay, stay positive and, and focus and, and be on top of your game, you know, because you, unless you like looking at a lot of show pairs, it's tough to stay focused. You know, it, it really is. It, it really is beneficial to shoot with people that are of the same caliber and that you can watch and you can learn from. Um, I, I had the 
the privilege to shoot with Corey Cruz and Wendell Cherry, and I love both of them. They're great people. Uh, it was the funnest main event I've ever shot, I, I would probably say, because they respected me as much as I respect them. And that's respect is something that I've had a hard time finding in sporting place. So, uh, you know, I, the, the part of the super squad, cause I didn't shoot on it. I had to talk about it the whole time, but the, the, the part that I liked was the amount of people that came out to watch. Now I think there was too many carts and et cetera, et cetera, but it was kind of cool. It's like you said with the PSCA, you know, you'd be in that stadium and there'd be people sitting up in the stands watching. It was kind of like that down the road. You know, everybody was kind of following the groups around watching them. And I thought that yeah. was the cool part about it. Yeah. I, I, I did think that was cool too. You know, if you're, I, I wasn't the top guy. I actually didn't shoot very good at national. So, but I, I couldn't expect much. You know, I was there to, I didn't even know I was on a super squad until I showed up now, as, as a, somebody who, you know, didn't perform as well as I could have, it kind of, you know, made me not feel so good to, to watch everybody going to the other side of the course. But at the same time, it's awesome that people are actually taking the time to come out and watch, you know, it, that's what we need if we want, want to grow the sport is we, we need spectators. We need people to, to want to be there. You know, and I, I did think that was cool. I, it doesn't bother me because I walk anyways. I, I do everything I can not to ride in the golf cart. I enjoy walking the courses kind of, you know, that break in between really helps kind of settle your mind. Think about, think about what you did on the last station, good or bad, and then move on from it. That's always been a really good uh, step in my process. Um, so it didn't bother me. The cards don't bother me. But I can see how it, it could have bothered other people. What is something that your dad has told you as far as shooting is concerned, whether it be mental or whether it be, you know, what we're just talking about? What is one thing he's told you that, that stands out? Believing I'm good enough. Uh, that, like, like I said, going back to the respect thing, that, that's, and it all kind of blends together with, with a couple of other questions that you asked earlier, you know, being, being Scott Robertson's son. It, it is tough. Um, finding the respect is the respect as a world-class shooter. You know, all these people are world-class shooters. Uh, my, my dad, Corey Cruz, Wendell Cherry, Gavin Miles, Zach Kimebaum, all of these guys are the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And so believing that I'm good enough is been one of my biggest struggles. And through, through Halise and flyer shooting that, is something I've overcome. And it, it's also, I think going to, to shooting Halise and, and that has been great for me because it's allowed me to find that confidence in myself. Um, and like I said, the respect, I, I can't find it at a sporting clay shoot. You know, they, because I haven't been around and because I haven't won a major, they still look at me as, oh, that's Scott's kid. Right. You know, I don't want to just be Scott's kid. And, and I, I think I've found the respect elsewhere and that's given me the confidence to know that if I go to a sporting clay shoot, I can run with those guys because I've beat them all before I can do it over and over again, you know? And so having that confidence and 
and you know, just believing that I can has probably been what he's helped me out with the most. I think it's what got me so good at a young age because I I believe that I if I had never gone away from sporting clays, I would be one of the best in the world. You know, I, I was on track to do that. Um, but I think that I think that having him around has been really good for me because when I was a sub junior, he used to tell me, "Oh, well, if you can beat me today, then you'll win. If you if you beat me this weekend, you'll win. If you you know, and I'm 14, 15 years old, you know, and talking to the best to ever do it, and he's telling me, "Oh, you can beat me. If you beat me today, you can do it. You know, we'll be going in the last two stations, and I'm not even paying attention to the fact that I've got him by two birds, or I'm tied with him, and." You know, by the by the end of the by the end of the rotation or the end of the weekend, it turns out that I'm I've I'm right there with him. You know, I'm a maybe a couple birds down most of the time because, like I said, he's one of the best. But that I think it was probably the the best thing for me that 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 confidence, knowing that I have the best tool in my back pocket and he's standing right there next to me motivating me pushing me and that's that's probably it's nothing he's he's really done but more things he said and just his presence so what's what's your next sporting clays tournament uh probably the texas state texas state task. I'm, I'm gonna do that here it's in in dallas here in a couple weeks so that's, that's interesting that Halise is interesting man you know, a lot of people say, hey, you need to go to try. I've never even shot Halise. I've seen it. You got to try it. And I've you watched it. You have got to try it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's a easy game, I guess you could say, to get good at. Meaning, you you can average around 25, 26. And, and 25, 26 on most days is respectable. But if you want to win HOAs and... and be on top all the time it's going to take a 28 or better yeah um some days a 28 will win some days maybe a 27 will win but if you're going to be at the top it it takes perfection and you know 29s 30s like uh, last year at the police nationals i shot 29 29 26 and ended up winning by or ended up losing first place by two birds he's close wasn't so you? I, yeah missed missed six all weekend and and still lost by two birds so how long does it take you to shoot what do they call that a, a 30 uh race yeah 30 bird race yeah. all right so how long does it take to shoot a 30 bird race There's a lot of elements go into it it depends on your venue it depends on uh how they're laying it out um traditionally it's going to be 15 and then 15 so you'll shoot three rings of five mm-hmm. in order right so they'll 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 pick a random number or cut the cut the field in half and they'll say all right if there's 100 shooters we're going to start on 50 today so 50 is the first shooter right and so you're going to go you're going to shoot 15 straight through all 100 shooters and then start the rotation over so it takes just about all day you're doing a lot of sitting around to be honest with you you uh if you're in school or you got work to do it's a great game for you because you don't shoot as long and you have a 
the whole day to sit and watch people shoot and get some work done or read a book or relax. You know, that's, I think that's why I enjoy it as much as I really do is because it's not all day. You know, you're not shooting a thousand targets over four days or, you know, some crazy amount of shooting, you know, it's, it's very laid back. It's the people are great. The people that shoot Halise, you know, you're not going to find better group of people. Everybody's nice. Everybody's rooting for you. It's just a better atmosphere, better vibe. It's, it's it's a good time. Where do you go to find Halise tournaments? Like you know, I know where to go um, find sporting it, clay shoots. Where do you go to find Halise shoots? I think if you go onto USHAHalise.com, I believe that's the website. If you just search, search uh, USHA Halise, it'll pull up, and you'll be able to find the full list of of tournaments for the year. Then do you register online just like you do with anything else? Um, I believe so. A lot of them are you call the club, right? So like Dallas Gun Club, if you if you go on to the website and you find a date that you want to come out and, and, and enter a shoot, you just call Dallas Gun Club. The people at Dallas are great. Colette, she'll, she'll hook you up. She'll get you on the list. You'll get in, and, and it, it's pretty easy. All right, so you got some good people behind you, sponsors. Uh, talk about them for just a second. No, I actually just – Recently signed on with the uh, RC Pro staff uh, and John Calandro and Clay Shooter Supply. They've mm-hmm. they're doing great for me. I I love Able Ammo to death. They they were good good to me forever. Me and Randy, we loved ride dirt bikes. But RC and 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 John, they're just kind of more towards what I want to do. You know, I'm not a sporter and clay shooter anymore. You know, right? And nobody wants to support. To support me because I'm not right. Like the, I, I guess Halise you could say isn't really uh, respected as a as a clay target sport yet. Even you know even though they're plastic, um, but sponsors don't really look at Halise uh, as as qualifying for for a sponsorship. So sponsorships are hard to come by in Halise and and John and Clay Shooter Supply, they uh, they're really supporting me. I'm I'm on a, actually a, a police only deal, so I'm not required to shoot any sporting clays, which is great. If I want to, I can, and they're going to support that. But police is is number one, nice. and then uh, Rad Rides Customs out of Dallas, uh, Justin Wright, he's a big supporter of me in flyer shooting. Um, he uh, he's always there for me, always buying me in Calcutta. So he's a uh, big supporter and then um obviously elm fork and and side by side ranch i'm here at the ranch now and that's uh that's pretty much my dad my dad always has my back um it's where i practice it's where i train um so great people behind me so do you stay at that big old place by yourself no i'm i'm over here in the in the guest house house. i'm i'm in the bunk room but yeah i'm here (laughs) all the time That's a cool place. I can remember the last time I, when was the last time? I guess I'm trying to remember. I think he had the, I guess it would have been the South central regional for the last PSCA. It was about 17, 800 degrees. Yeah. 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 It's, it's still that right now. It's like seven o'clock at night here. Sun's going down and I'm sweating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I remember going out there. That's a, that's a cool place. Listen, Clay, I know you got things to do. I appreciate you coming on with me. It's really interesting talking to you. I didn't know you had this much going on. Maybe we can get some people over there to your shooting team and 
and uh, spice that up a little bit. And uh, good luck in all your hilly shooting, and probably see you at nationals. For sure, I appreciate you having us. Yeah. Looking forward to having you at a hilly shoot too. All right, buddy. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, go to our website, shotgunsportsusa.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook.